0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit gutterhelmetindy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetindy.com.
1: Good morning. It is Monday, March 27th. It is six minutes after 10, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad you're joining us this morning. So Donald Trump appeared on a phone call with Rob Schmidt tonight on Newsmax, and they were discussing Ron DeSantis. Trump has taken some criticism (laughs) over his attacking of Ron DeSantis. And even at the rally in Waco, he was railing against Ron, and the crowd actually went quiet in Waco, Texas, and did not really receive that very well.
0: Well, isn't his obsession with DeSantis—and this is what Trump does. He gets obsessed on things, and he cannot— Get off of them, yeah. And you know this, Casey, as a successful professional woman. Sorry, I'm assuming your gender here for a, a moment. Thank you. I for think noticing. it's based on your previous rants. Okay, to assume that you are indeed a woman,
1: hundred um, percent.
0: You know that balance is the key to a healthy life. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, you probably shouldn't put all your effort and energy. On one thing at a time.
1: Everything in moderation.
0: And with Donald Trump, it is he gets laser focused on something mm-hmm. and he absolutely, under no circumstances, can get off that thing mm-hmm. until he has seeked, killed, and totally destroyed whatever thing he is laser focused on, even if the laser focus and the seek, kill, and destroy in question does not actually benefit him.
1: He's like a new dog with a new toy or a yeah. dog with a new toy. You know, he just, he's not going to give up that toy until the stuffing and the squeaky's out of it.
0: it. It's like, um, you know, there are times in relationships where people are friends, like you are friends with uh, a boyfriend and a girlfriend. You, Casey Daniels, mm-hmm. are friends with both the boyfriend and the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And you, you maybe, you know, you're friends with the boyfriend before he met the girlfriend, he meets the girlfriend, you guys become friends over time, whatever. When those people break up, mm-hmm. you don't want to hang out with one of them. And then hear them bad-mouthing the other person, unless there's some highly egregious behavior that took place. Why? Because you're still friends with both of those people. Mm -hmm. You want to continue to be friends with both of those people. You still like both of those people. You may ultimately maybe like one better than the other if you're forced to pick and choose. But at the end, you say, I still want to have a relationship with both of these people, they've both been very good to me. And if one person just keeps bad-mouthing the other, you get so exhausted to the point where you have to tell that person, I cannot engage with you anymore because I still really like this person and I have told you numerous times that mm-hmm. whatever happened between you and that person is between you and that person and it's too bad it didn't work out and I wish you the best, but I cannot deal with you anymore because you will not get off bad-mouthing this person who you are clearly not over and it's weird.
1: Mm-hmm. You need to go do some healing.
0: And that is that is Donald Trump when it comes to Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. He is obsessed with a guy who was hands down the absolute and is hands down the absolute best governor in America and is what we should absolutely strive for from every single one of our Republican governors. If every single one of our Republican governors were Ron DeSantis, I might be a different person right now when it comes to my (laughs) politics. But instead, you get this guy taking a daily dump Mm -hmm. on the one guy who you say, boy, he governed really well and has governed really well under really hard circumstances.
1: And Trump will not allow me to just like both people, and so now I have to choose. Well, Trump's feelings are hurt because he endorsed DeSantis, and then DeSantis... Was governor and then he won again without Trump and uh-huh. he became very successful at it. And now the talk of him running for president, Trump doesn't like that. And that is,
0: should be a giant red flag to people that Trump is not happy that good things are happening in his home state. Mm-hmm. Trump should be happy that good things are happening in any state as someone who wants to be the president. But he's unhappy that good things are happening in his home state and DeSantis did We well, such...
1: can't take credit for it.
0: Exactly. You're right. And it's that's 100%. It's all about him. It's not about the good of- So when he talks about, I love this country and the good of the country and blah, blah, blah. Bull! Because in your own home state, mm-hmm. good things are happening and yes, you were a part of initially getting that person elected and you should feel pride in that, that you helped your home state. Mm-hmm. But he will not just go, man, things are going really great in Florida and I'm really happy that I helped get Ron elected and I hope he just keeps charging forward and hey, you know, If we square off in a presidential election, may the best man win, but uh, we're really happy of all the great things that have happened for Florida, and I look forward to a spirited campaign. He just, he can't, he has to just continually degrade this guy. Listen to this audio of him on Newsmax. Mm -hmm. It is just, man, it just makes you want to puke, because even if you're a Trump person, you're saying, DeSantis hasn't done anything to you. All he's done is be a really good governor, and this is how he gets treated by you. He also said he would not consider being your vice president in 2024. I want to ask, was was that ever an option for you?
2: No, I never thought of it. I think that we have a lot of great people in the Republican Party. Mm. I never thought of it. But, uh, you know, some people every once in a while mention it, but that's about it. No, I think that would be a very unlikely alliance. But, you know, look, I appointed him. He was failing badly in the polls. He was out of politics. He was going to be out of politics, and I endorsed him. And he went from a very small number to a very high number. And he right. beat the person who happened to be leading the secretary of agriculture. His name was Adam Putnam. And he went out and he uh, he beat him only because of my endorsement. Then I got him passed in the general election, somebody that was the star of the Democrats. He turned out to be a crackhead, you know, later on. But they didn't know that at the time. And I had rallies for Ron, and we got him in. and Then he, uh, about a couple of years later, they said, will you run against the president for president? He said, I have no comment. I said, that's not supposed to happen. But that's okay. Whatever he wants to do. If you look at his record, he can't win because he voted against Social Security. He voted against he voted against everything. I mean, he voted against things that are so, so important. Medicare. He voted against Medicare. He wanted to raise the age substantially for people getting Social Security. Uh, the things that he's voted against are devastating because people don't know this about Ron. Ron was a disciple of Paul Ryan, and Paul Ryan was a loser. You know you know that. He was a loser in many ways.
0: <laughs> I just had to keep playing that audio until he got know, to the so end.
1: So he could rip on Paul Ryan. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get a, some good out of this. Some total loser. Make us laugh. Casey,
0: you'll love this When I was sitting at home yesterday listening to that as I was putting our template together. There are just moments where you say... This That's is it. Yeah. That's where we stop. Right. Paul Ryan's a loser. <laughs> Rhonda, and it's so interesting in that description because what Trump tells you is mm-hmm. he's not going to address one of the major problems facing America, which is entitlement reform. What Trump is telling you is that if you reelect him, he's going to continue to be dishonest with you as an American. And to, and not say yes, these things are in, going cavalcating towards insolvency. We must address them. It won't be easy. Some people may not like it, but we uh, we have to be honest brokers with the American people. Mm-hmm. Trump is telling you when he's saying he voted he voted against everything. Yeah, Ron DeSantis voted against everything. Okay, Trump. I mean, those are the ridiculous statements. Right. What Ron DeSantis has said is Social Security and Medicare are unsustainable as currently constructed. And if you desire for future generations to have them, we have to change the way those benefits are administered. There's nothing mean-spirited or angry or anti-senior citizen or anything about that, and Trump is telling you, if you vote for me, I will not do anything about this.
1: Yeah, well, DeSantis voted to raise the age of Social Security, but they became, they went from friends to adversaries, so now they're frenemies, I guess, but I had not heard that Ron DeSantis said he would not be vice president. I had only heard that Trump said, oh, I never considered that. I, and I know oh, I'm going to take heat for this, I love the idea Of Trump and DeSantis on the same ticket. Don and Ron. First of all, it writes itself. (laughs) All Trump has to do is go be a New York citizen again. And you've got New York locked up and Florida locked up. And let me tell you why I like this idea. That would be the single most unifying thing that these two grown ass men could do to bring the GOP together.
0: But why would you want to do that if you're DeSantis?
1: Again, they don't want to do it because they're looking out for themselves. If they truly want to be patriots for America, they should do that because they would get every conservative behind them. And then you've got Trump with all of his legal problems. Something happens. Guess what? You've got DeSantis right there, ready to go, being a much better vice president than Kamala Harris. And then you've got... DeSantis ready for two more terms as president.
0: Uh real quick I wanted to get this before we got to a break. There is a new poll out. It's a, mm-hmm. a Harvard Harris poll and the the thing that I love with Trump is he keeps trying to act like DeSantis cannot win and this new poll shows Trump ahead of Biden 50 uh, 45 41. Mm-hmm. Shows him a hold uh, ahead of Harris 48 38. But then, when you look at DeSantis, it's forty-four, forty-one ahead
1: of Biden. Right, not far, not. Far no, it's basically it the all. same. It's DeSantis forty-six, thirty-eight
0: over Harris, and no one knows, by and large, in this country, who Ron DeSantis is. Certainly not on the level of Donald Trump. There's no, there's nowhere for DeSantis to go but up. There's nowhere for Trump to go but down, and it's utterly ridiculous for him to say, "Well, you know, this guy can't win." He totally can win. He's got a Ron DeSantis would have a much better chance of winning than Donald Trump would. Okay, Absolutely. so
1: when they polled Iowa specifically, DeSantis has a better favorability rating at 81%, whereas Trump is at 74. And Trump's biggest weakness was on temperament. 68% of people rated DeSantis as having a better temperament than Trump did, and that that's. A, That's important to people, not just your policies, but your temperament, how you're going to handle it, and your likability. And real
0: quick, before we get to a break, and you know how I hate to be right, Casey. You know there's (laughs) nothing more that I hate to have to go Mm -hmm. in these very powerful airwaves Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. Illinois to Ohio and all points in between and tell people how I was right. Remember why I told you that I think Ron DeSantis is going to be a very formidable presidential candidate and I think will, by the time it's all said and done, easily beat Donald Trump. Remember what I told you is we do not pick a president on a national poll. The president is decided based on a series of mostly early state votes Mm -hmm. that do not come down to national polling. They all the time you see upstarts and also rans and people who don't have anywhere finish anywhere close in the end to being the president will win these states because it's nuts and bolts retail campaigning that Ron DeSantis in Florida has proven he's really good at. There's a new pullout. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a th- it's basically a three-state race, and then we go from there. It's Iowa, it's New Hampshire, it's South Carolina. In Iowa, yeah. DeSantis leads Trump 45-37. This is mm-hmm. according to a public opinion strategies poll, March 21 to 23, and is tied with Trump in New Hampshire. New Hampshire should be, based on the past, a Trump State, And the fact that DeSantis is already doing so well in those two states when still the majority of people are not familiar other than, hey, he's the Florida governor who didn't lock everything down. Mm -hmm. That should tell you everything you need to know when DeSantis puts boots on the ground and tens of millions of dollars into the state and and starts doing door knocking campaigns. All the things Trump will not do because he has not done them before is not going to be close. It's not. This is how we pick a president. This is how the parties pick the president. Ron DeSantis will be 100 times the candidate Trump will be, and then people yell at me in the YouTube chat, and that'll be the next. next two years of our life
1: it's 18 minutes after 10 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc coming up we've got some more trending stories let me see what's on oh charles barkley said something that i thought was right up your alley totally
0: enamored with this yeah
1: well you know what it sounded like it was rob kendall coming through the tv and we'll get to that on the way from 93 wibc 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC, and let's listen to some trending audio this morning. Here is Joe Biden on Friday. He mistakenly praised China while delivering a speech to the Canadian Parliament. He said, I applaud China for stepping up. I I, I mean, Canada.
3: So today, I applaud China for stepping up. Excuse me, I applaud Canada. <laughs> I'm, you can tell what I'm thinking. <laughs>
1: No, really. What are you thinking? <laughs> are you thinking anything? Please explain yourself.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm thinking. You know the thing. You know
1: the thing. Oh, congratulations to Indianapolis. Of all of the thousands and thousands of cities across the country, we rank at number 20, Rob. Rob for STDs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Memphis, Tennessee came in at number one. Uh One in 70 Uh people are infected. Yeah. But Indianapolis, 20. You know, Casey, what does that
0: say about how people maybe didn't pay attention in the public school health class?
1: I think it says people aren't going to their doctor is what it says.
0: Well, that's also maybe... Or using
1: preventative measures. Well, that's what
0: I'm saying. Um, There is, uh, at least that's what they told me, in the uh, public school. And let me tell you, it scared the hell out of me.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Set you straight. (laughs) Finally, trending Charles Barkley. He He was upset about the NCAA rules, and the new NCAA president, Charlie Baker, drew Barkley's ire when he told the studio... Host Greg Gumbel of his consumer protections. Okay, this is revolving (sighs) name, image, likeness, the NCAA NIL rule.
0: So Charlie Baker used to be the governor of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. He's a Republican. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is remember when they were saying Holcomb. Would have that, that Whoa, Holcomb right. wanted we, to be the president, LBS, or they were yeah, looking yeah. at him. Mm-hmm. Hol the, Holcomb could have totally said what this guy says, mm-hmm. and you just said, "I can see who was in central casting when they lined up their right. finals." Yeah, I, I know what you're gonna play. Let's play it because this is great. Shaking
3: your head. Did he say we're gonna ask the politicians to help us? See, that that pisses me off already. Our politicians are awful people. As I talked to Clark earlier because I asked him about you all conversation. I would actually go to people who actually care about basketball, I'm not looking at it just myself. I would put a committee together. I would love for Clark to be on the committee, get some coaches, get some players, and let's try to work this thing out. We can't ask these politicians nothing. Those
1: people are awful people. Democrats and Republicans, they're all crooks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: Taking take a cue from Rob Kendall, they're all crooks.
0: Yeah, so he had went, gone on with them, and they'd asked him, as you said, about the name-image likeness. Mm-hmm. And he had basically said, well, instead of us drafting a framework, we want the government to draft the framework. Right. And, and Barkley was perfect on that, that it is utterly ridiculous to think the politicians will solve any problem good yeah. job charles barkley yeah
1: he had a plan he would uh, enlist other basketball players
0: hey hey real quick because uh, we got voicemails coming up, but mm-hmm. I wanted to play this audio. So Ron Johnson, yep, you know he is one of my favorite senators. He was phenomenal in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> a stereo salesman mm-hmm. hooked up with Jennifer Jason Leigh at the uh, softball the diamonds yeah. uh, with the uh, Jackson Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's baby playing in the background.
1: Yeah, different guy, totally. Yeah, that's you know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's different. Uh, you know, guy. that's Casey.
0: When I was young, that's uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was my favorite movie, and well, as a young lad, that's how I believed in my teens that true love would actually happen. In the dugout. And then your first time would be at the uh, softball diamonds while Jackson Brown was playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's not how it works at all. No. Uh, really, really disappointed in Cameron... Uh, it was Cam- Cameron Crowe was fast times at Ridgemont High. Is that right? Did he do that? I think so. I don't know. Anyway, I think so. Anyway, doesn't matter. Ron Johnson, stereo <laughs> salesman. Now you... <laughs> Now you a senator from Wisconsin. Uh, You're right, it's not the same guy, but I want it to be. He went on Fox News and gave a pretty epic and awesome description of America under Biden.
3: Walk us through how you see Biden's America today from economic to foreign policy. Well, just about every policy decision he's made has weakened this country. The embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan, certainly emboldened Putin and President Xi in North Korea and Iran. Uh, Our open border, flooding fentanyl into our cities, the human and sex trafficking, the 40-year high inflation of war on fossil fuel driving up gasoline to record levels. I mean, all these actions, rising crime in our streets by these George Soros-funded DAs that refuse to prosecute crime, but they'll they'll prosecute uh, former president. Uh, Everything that these liberal left radicals are doing to this country are weakening it, emboldening our enemies. And as a result, the world's a far more dangerous place under the Biden administration.
1: Mm -hmm. He also went on to talk about how there's a multiple tier system of justice, how Trump gets one treatment and biden's get another how you know especially hunter he's getting the kid glove treatment whereas with trump it's it's a witch hunt and it's not a fair fight it's 27 minutes after 10 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc and coming up next we're going to hear from you with your voicemails
4: I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine.
1: 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. Time for your voicemails brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN.
0: We got a lot of great voicemails over the weekend. And one of the things we talked about late last week, Casey, Mm -hmm. was there was some story where for some reason... Parents are still paying the bills. Oh, right. Of their grown ass kids.
1: Mm-hmm. It was like fifteen hundred a month. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, it is
1: eighteen to twenty four year olds living yes. at home.
0: And it just blew my mind, mm-hmm. and I just cannot fathom why somebody would be paying unless your child is disabled. Your grown ass kid. Who can clearly work Mm -hmm. I mean again It's one thing to say Hey my kid's living at home Fine great no problem Hey my You know I'm still buying groceries For my kid Okay fine whatever But the idea of You know things like A car Mm -hmm. Or car insurance Mm -hmm. Or cell phones Or any Extracurricular spending Why you would be Allowing your 20, 21 22, 23 year old son or daughter who can work to not be, you're doing them a disservice by not making them pay for well, that. Well,
1: not only them a disservice but yourself a disservice as well because they have many years to save right. and work on their retirement. Yes. You not as long. Yes. Not so much. You know,
0: you may have one foot in the grave and another on a banana peel. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, somebody called about that.
3: My boys are 21 and 18 and last well, day 22 this month this next month um i told both of them that i would love for them to stay at our house as long as they want i will not kick them out um my oldest son works for a race team in brownsburg brownsburg rob get it brownsburg and uh I would like him just to save his money as as long as I can have him. So, anyway, talk to you guys. It's uh, Mike. Have a great weekend. And Rob, you know, you're a dork, but love you
1: guys. See ya. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Mike. He loves his sons.
0: And that's great. And there's, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with allowing your child to live under your roof in that age. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody said anything about that. Mm-hmm. I think what we said is, they should be paying
1: for their own stuff. Right. These are these are people who aren't paying. They're not helping out. Right.
0: Your kid in this in this guy's case, he has a job. It sounds like a pretty decent job. Mm-hmm. And that's great. There's no reason. I mean, when you're that age and you have a job, you should be paying for your own groceries and everything else. If you live at home, fine, great. That that makes sense. Great, cool. Save your money. And essentially the parent wants you there. But this idea that you are a grown-ass person and you are not paying your own way, mm-hmm. you're not helping the kid at all. Well, so
1: these parents are paying like $1,500 a month to sustain the young adult's lifestyle. Right. And I'm, I'm fine with it. if If my daughter wanted to live at home with me for a few more years after she graduated college, I'd be okay with that. But I want her to contribute. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You should, you absolutely should be providing for yourself as an adult, especially outside of basic necessities. Mm -hmm. There is nothing, there is no reason you can't work and go to school. It's, if I, trust me, in my limited mental capacity, if I could pull it off and make the dean's list while holding a full time job and going to school, anybody can do it Mm -hmm. because I am by no means a Rhodes Scholar. Uh, All right. Somebody called about the Trump Stormy Daniels affair, alleged mm-hmm. affair. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how ridiculous it is that he, I mean, keeps up this charade that I basically tries to act like, I never even barely knew this woman and mm-hmm. blah. I mean, come on. He's on tape talking about it. They got him on tape. Cohen recorded him talking about it. But yet Trump still tries to act like it's highly offensive that anybody even would even come to the conclusion that this happened. He talked about it
1: at his rally. In Waco, we've got some audio from it. I don't know if Kevin would be able to grab the audio. It's down there on the bottom. It's the the Trump audio, where he's talking about Stormy.
0: Well, let's let's play this phone call and then maybe we can get to that.
3: You know, Rob, you had said something about we can't even have the conversation. I voted for Trump and we'll vote for him again. We can have the conversation, and I agree with you. You're probably right. Did he probably do it? Yeah, probably so. He ain't gonna admit it. Never will. But he's going to keep doing what he's doing. That's just who he is and how he is. He's not going to change. And I, I agree with with the people saying that I'm not a just diehard Trump, no matter what. Yeah, he's probably guilty of the affair. I mean, they got him on uh, recording saying that, agreeing with the payment. You're right. So why would he? Why would he do that? I and mean, then he admitted it was him. So yeah. But in the same aspect, let's talk about Biden corrupt. I mean, my Lord, they all should be canned. I mean, Biden is the biggest crook that we could get in the office. And he got in office. It makes me sick and angry to think of the things that they're doing. And as you guys are always say, and we just sit back and take it. Like, it's OK.
1: Yeah, so be careful. Melania might be listening. <laughs> Trump did not have any inappropriate relations. With Stormy Daniels, Melania might be listening. Don't even go there. This is this is what he had to. Do you have it, Kevin? No, he doesn't. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is what this is. Trump actually talked about it when he was in Waco, and here's what he had to say:
2: The District Attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., was investigating me for something that is not a crime. Not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horseface. I never liked I never it's just not. That's terrible for that wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady.
1: He sounded is- really disgusted when he said not an affair. I didn't do that.
0: There never was Is he did he try to say he said there never was a one? Did he is Donald Trump trying to claim that he never had an affair with anyone? Mm-hmm. So like Kirsten McDougal just she's making it up to the countless other women, they're all I mean I'm not talking about the ones who the lady on the plane who allegedly sexually assaulted or whatever. I'm talking about like the viable, you know, Models and
1: uh, since you know, Melania has been in his and, life, and, oh, she has been the only right, one. I've right.
0: changed.
1: Do you? Do you, He's like a bad breaker up. Isn't that how we ended up with Marla Maples?
0: Was he was hooking up with her when he was with what's her face? The, the first, first one, yeah. And then how they ended up together? I mean, this is what I'm saying. It's already baked into you that you d- did or have done or whatever the stuff. But when you just say that stuff, you are ridiculous. Donald Trump, by multiple accounts, was really into Stormy Daniels. Mm -hmm. She was, at the time that that happened, arguably the most famous adult film star in the world. Nobody would be surprised that that happened, given—I mean, Trump has a central casting type. Mm. She is in the central casting type. Mm -hmm. Nobody—everybody would have still voted for you anyway, and the fact that all these years later— Again, it's the same thing with DeSantis. He can't
1: let it go. Well, I'm going to be like Ron DeSantis and say, I, I don't know of which you speak when it comes to the number one porn star in the world. But ah. I will say that he he's like that episode of Seinfeld where he's a bad breaker upper. <laughs> and, you know, he just keeps calling her horse face. She's probably walking around with a complex now because of it. Uh,
0: We had Tony Kinnett on on Thursday of last week, and we were talking about a variety of things. And one of the things that we were talking about, somehow we got on uh, transitioning and Mm -hmm. uh, schools. Oh, we were talking about the bill, the bill in the Indiana General Assembly that would ban, essentially, minors from transitioning. However, they killed a bill that would ban DCS from taking your kid from you if you don't support your minor transitioning. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how that is just incomplete contrast with each other, and the General Assembly has no idea what they're doing, and none of it makes any sense, and by the General Assembly, we mean the Republicans, because they control everything, and somebody called about that.
2: Hi, Kendall and Casey. I love you guys.
1: But One thing I was wanting to comment on, I was listening to yesterday's show with Tony Bennett, and you know, I thought the transgender stuff is just completely bull for like, ever now, and that's stupid. But one thing he said that really hit me hard
2: was when he said they're sterilizing
1: their children. I mean, why would any parent want to do that? Why would, why would anybody want to do that? I'm so it. That's just crazy. That's child abuse. That's, that's everything wrong. But you guys have a great day. I love you both. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I don't, I'm with her. I I don't get it. And if you've ever known someone that you care about, who's gone through major surgery, to electively do that to yourself when there's nothing wrong? Well, ouch. But
0: this is a conversation, Casey, not about that. It's about kids. It's about like, I was thinking driving in today, all the stupid stuff, all the stupid stuff I did when I was a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. But none of it was irreversible physical right. damage to myself. Right. I think we talked about the worst thing I did, and I was a grown-ass person when I did it, I was 19 years old, was I got my ears pierced. Yeah. And you know what? If you look real close, you can still see the little bitty imprints of where they were. Mm-hmm. Because it was cool when I was 19. And I look at that now and I go, well, that was so stupid. I can absolutely cannot believe I did that.
1: Right. Imagine making a decision when you're 13. And then a year and a half later, wow, that was stupid. And it ain't getting your ears pierced. Right. And now we're looking at, we hear all these reports that we have the most depressed and anxious youth in history. And now parents, what, they're not going to take them to mental health appointments because they're afraid that their kids will be taken away?
0: Yeah, it's crazy. All right, uh, Hammer joins us next.
1: It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 1049, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. I heard about this over the weekend, and I was dying to talk to you about it. Some better back in December. Bet $500 on Florida Atlantic to make it to the Final Four. It was 400 to 1. That dude won $200,000. You know what? I wonder how many times he's lost that money, though. Like, you know, we always hear
4: the success stories. Mm -hmm. You know, for 40 years, I've been betting $500 for an underdog to make it to the Final Four, and I've lost my backside every single time. But now,
1: here we go. Now I'm a winner.
0: You know, we were talking during the break. If you're a person who's in charge of ticket sales for the Final Four, this is about as bad as it could possibly be for you.
4: Right, because... When you're watching March Madness, I think most people, especially early on, you're rooting for that underdog, mm-hmm. right? You want that Cinderella. You want to see Furman hit a shot. You want to see a 16 beat a one seed. That's fun. That's except what makes for the- when it's Purdue. Sorry, <laughs>
1: I mean to interrupt.
4: It'll speak for yourself. <laughs> uh,
1: kidding, kidding.
4: Uh, but that's why you watch the tournament because anything can happen. But when you get to the Final Four, you kind of want the heavyweights to yep. go at each mm-hmm. other, and. Imagine if you're somebody that has to put this event on in Houston. You are anticipating fan bases from maybe a hometown team in Houston or blue blood places. You know, Kansas, Mm -hmm. uh, Duke, you know, programs like that. You're not getting that. None of these fan bases historically travel really well. Now, UConn's been a great program. They've won a couple championships, but it's not like... Yukon fans invade your city when they're yeah. playing on the road. Yeah. So that's what they're dealing with in Houston. And the stadium they're playing in, it's where the Texans play, mm-hmm. Reliant. That's a big joint. So let's see how many fans from San Diego and Florida Atlantic, you know, end up actually buying tickets.
0: Yeah. Fun fact the uh, Reliant Stadium is what they based the uh, nice little free stadium we gave billionaire Jim Irsay on down here on the street from us at Lucas Oil. So we can thank the fine people in Texas for the giveaway that we did for billionaire uh, Jim Irsay, who inherited the team I love how dad. you
4: bent yourself in a pretzel. We're talking about how boring of a Final Four this is, and you found a way to flame Jim Irsay. <laughs> well, I just, I a, a look, hey, if someone's going to offer you a free stadium, you should take it.
0: I'm really flaming the legislature. I just thought people would like to know that the Houston Texans stadium is the one mm-hmm. that our lawmakers went on a, I guess it was taxpayer funded, I don't know, trip down there and viewed the stadium at the time and said, oh, we must, uh, we must do even better than this one.
1: Hammer, he did say Fun fact. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So now you can take <laughs> well, that. Out. Everybody's
4: having a good time.
0: Everybody can take that out into the ether today and say, did you know that uh, Reliance Stadium is what we base the uh, the uh, giveaway to Mr. Ursae on? Mm. Uh, anyway, I have no interest in any of these teams. I know you're a degenerate gambler. Are you going to, I mean, outside of betting, would you have any interest on any of these teams? Do any of them do
4: anything for you? I'm a degenerate, so I'm gonna bet the games. I'm gonna watch it, uh, but it certainly doesn't move the needle, right? Uh, Damn, sorry, it
1: might get again.
4: Yeah, that's what I feel nah. about these teams. Connecticut on paper looks like the best team there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that Connecticut Miami game to me, is the national championship game. With all due respect to San Diego and FAU, (laughs) uh, Miami against Connecticut, that's the the national championship game for me. I think whoever wins that wins the national championship. But I'll watch it because I'll always watch a championship event, Mm -hmm. but I don't think you're going to see ratings through the roof. I could be wrong.
0: Uh, Your boy put something out on Twitter that I thought was great and I'd like to delve into. I guess Barstool was the original putter-outer of this, and then he had retweeted it.
4: Chris (laughs) Hammer is a friend of the show at Barstool. (laughs) Because they did an article on him during the lockdowns when he had the virtual fire drill at his school. Oh, yes, that's right. they ran that story about Chris. Yes. uh, A
1: virtual fire drill? Yes. (laughs) He posted, oh, no. this is a true hey, story. Hey, you know, my kid had a virtual graduation, so why not? <laughs> he's sitting there like on the
4: couch. He's got a blanket on. Mm-hmm. He's got a laptop out, and he's doing a virtual fire drill. It's like a schematic of the school, <laughs> and imagine if you were there, yeah. and a fire did break out. This Where would you go?
1: <laughs>
4: Take the blanket off of you. Turn the TV off. And it was so ridiculous. Like, Fox did a story on Chris, and Barstool was the first one to do the story on him.
0: Yeah, so he had put out, the, or Barstool had put out out that the the Mount Rushmore of Indiana, what, athletics, right? Indiana Indiana sports. Indiana sports. And I thought your boy got it pretty close. He had Peyton Manning, Mm -hmm. uh, Slick Leonard, Reggie Miller, and Bob Knight. And I thought, boy, that's, uh, I'm not sure I would change any
4: of those. I mean, there's some people that are warranting a conversation, right? You could think about Larry Bird, Oscar Robinson, Tony Holman might have to be on that list. But who would you cut? And for those who don't know, who just immediately say, well, cut Slick Leonard, do a little homework here, because without Slick Leonard and his wife, Nancy... What they did for the city of Indianapolis, saving the Pacers with that telethon, Mm -hmm. and ultimately keeping the franchise here, Market Square Arena, that changed the landscape of downtown Indianapolis. We wouldn't have a major city
1: without Slick Leonard saving the
4: Pacers. What were his qualifications?
1: Do they have to be Hoosiers born and raised, or just do something
0: Well, Reggie Miller was born in California, I believe. Okay, And Peyton Manning was born
4: in Louisiana.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's just people who have impacted Mm -hmm. Indiana sports. I would say those are the four that I would probably... I've thought about this long and hard, and I cannot think of somebody that I would say... You don't think there's an
1: Indy 500 driver or race or something?
4: Again, Tony Holman would be who I would try to get in the mix, but who do
0: I cut? Because simply winning an event in your city, like A.J. Foyt, obviously won four Indy 500s, but just simply winning an event in your city doesn't make you... A thing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if we were going to
4: talk about sports entertainment, we'd have Bobby Heenan on that list. Oh man, Bobby Heenan! It's WrestleMania week. Yes. This Thursday. Yeah. Dave the King Wilson's yeah. going to come on our show. Love it. Used to be friends with Bobby Heenan. Yes. And we're going to have some Heenan stories. Let's go. That's Thursday. <laughs> Coming
0: up this afternoon.
4: Uh, this afternoon, we've got Monday Gun Day. We've got Mock and Daisy and Arrest Watch.
1: Thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WI. B.C.